everyone i'm heath and i'm jay you're listening to host of horrors a show where we discuss and review horror films based off of predetermined themes of the month jay we are continuing <laughs> our our haunted house month with a movie that represents new orleans in a way that i did not think was possible but i am definitely not surprised about yeah, we kind of cheated on this one. I remember this being a ha- like a haunted house movie I'll, as a kid. I don't think you really call it cheating, considering the content of the film. That's I think it's a haunted house film, but that's just me. I, well, it's voodoo going on at a house. The house itself hoodoo. isn't haunted. Hoodoo. I'm sorry. It's hoodoo happening at a house, which the house itself isn't haunted. It's just the house itself is haunted. There are spirits in the house. No, no, no. There wasn't. The spirits you think that are there are. The hoodoo practicers. Still counts. It I still think it's counts. cheating, but it's too late. We've already watched the movie and we're reviewing it, so it's who cares? Not, it's not. It <laughs> counts. It's haunted. What we reviewed today is 2005's Skeleton Key, which was directed by Ian Softley and starring Kate Hudson. Yeah, my baby Kate. I see someone has their favorite actress right here. Not favorite actress. I just, I love the movie, um... Oh, uh, Almost Famous. That's the name of the movie. I love that movie. Absolutely love Almost Famous. It's one of my favorite movies, and she's a big part of that, why I love it so much. I mean, Her she... character is amazing, and on top of that, she looked really good in this movie. Oh, in this so. one? Yeah, she looked really good in this movie. See, like, when it comes to Kate Hudson, I always expect good looks, but, like, she can carry a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't... I don't have any like anything against Kate Hudson, but like I think she's just kind of like mid as an actress sometimes, depending on the movie. If she oh. fi- if she fits around a like she plays well with others, I feel like yeah, she's more supporting rather than leading. Mm-hmm. I think, but I really think that she was able to hold her own big time in this film. <laughs> but I okay, so basically what I'm about to say is like. I have to say before after I say this. So basically, like this going into concept of like you know voodoo, hoodoo stuff that resonates in New Orleans, which is where the movie sets and takes place. And there's so much New Orleans and Louisiana culture that are like we are like waist deep in New Orleans history in this movie. So this is a very I would say kind of a semi accurate history lesson about new orleans history if you're into that kind of stuff and also if you're kind of into voodoo and hoodoo and other practices like that this is the film for you i mean it doesn't go into deep but it it gives it i would i would call it like cliff notes it gives goes in enough to where somebody who isn't into it 
it's like oh i kind of get it but this also gives me white girl messes with things and this is another what i like to call a fuck around and find out kind of film (laughs) she did she fucked around and she sure found out we're going we're going to go ahead and jump into the spoiler area. So this is your spoiler alert. If you did not watch the movie with us this week, be warned, we are spoiling it. Mhm. So the movie Skeleton Key basically starts with Kate Hudson's character as a hospice nurse. And the main reason that she is a hospice nurse is because her father and her had an estranged relationship where she kind of went off and did her own thing and they separated on, you know, left on bad terms. And she never really reconnected with her father until pretty much him being sick to the point where he was going to die. Like, she never got to reconnect with him. She never even knew he was sick. And by the time she got a chance to reconnect with him, it was a little too late. So I think her being a hospice nurse is her trying to atone for that i i feel that because if you look into it yeah she's 25 she basically had like a whole time where she was going wild like most people in her early 20s do like they're going through like a wild time and then something happens and it's like it kind of gives you a jolt of reality so i think her being a hospice nurse on top of that is kind of like that jolt of reality is like oh i really need to get my crap together you know? Yeah, and she, and she's going to school to be a nurse. Um, so it's not like she's just doing the hospice thing to make money. Um, but I I do think that a lot of her character derives from her, especially when it comes to when she goes to the house. When it comes to Ben, uh, she sees a lot of what she could have done for her father and Ben. Yeah, there's a a lot of atonement dealing with in this film, and it's kind of like you see one thing, and it kind of makes you want to go like oh this is what how we're doing this so basically she takes his job after losing oh she didn't she she didn't lose her job she quit that job because of how little to no care that they that they gave the departed recently departed patients yeah they basically were like she told uh one of the doctors that uh the patient had died and they were just like oh okay tagged bagged him tagged him out of the room send in the next patient um hey here's all his stuff the family doesn't want anything to do with it just throw it away you know like they're they're just discard him he's done our job with him is done that is honestly very sad because it's sad but it's very realistic yeah it's like it sometimes it kind of makes you wonder why do certain like why do certain people in the family just want to get rid of their you know relatives or something like it basically wanted did they do something wrong or they plagued with something like you know medical issues or were they just a nuisance or were they just were the people around them just very bad people it, it, it there's a lot that goes into that specific part of the scenes of reasons why we're going over to you know kate kate's character caroline i think her name's caroline uh to caroline you know trying to get this new job and whatnot and it kind of makes you think it's like dang it's kind of it's picking backing off like the whole family concept of a woman in black so we were talking about how you know sometimes you did things happen to families and they become distant it kind of makes me wonder it's like was was he distant with his family or were they distant with him or were 
it just kind of makes you wonder what goes on like the lives of the other people in this movie especially like the ones who's already died yeah or is it like a, a caroline situation where she just didn't know uh or they didn't know the uh, father was dying or the the guy was dying yeah you know because again she said that she, by the time she knew he was sick it was too late and this i feel like this is a good time to be like you know to make up for it by hopefully helping someone else and i feel like that's the reason why a lot of people become nurses well besides money well, money and it's like one of the i hate to say like one of the easiest things to go to college for but it is like most people if you can't figure out what you want to do you go to college to either do business or nursing you're not wrong don't know what you want to go to college for business or nursing <laughs> you're not wrong you're not wrong at all especially here where <laughs> i know so many rns that are just like oh i'm here for the money and i'm like you know i get it but it's also <laughs> like don't you want to help people too i know the paycheck can be good but like is it really that good like yeah <laughs> right more than we're making but um so yeah caroline uh talks to your friend and i don't did we ever get the friend's name the friend's name jill jill yes. jill that was it um, she basically was like maybe the sole voice of reason yeah yeah i mean i hate i hate to be the white guy in the room but she, black people in horror movies is either always, they either they die first or they're the sole voice of reason god <laughs> she is always it's weird. All, black people are always used as either bargaining chips, you know, first death, you know, cross off the fucking bingo mark. But like, <laughs> it's like a free space. But the voice of reason is like, I get it because we don't really fuck with spirits like that. And if you do, you already are part of the, you, you're already like born into, you know, those communities that deals with spirits. Yeah, and but she's a you don't. and she's a native. Where Caroline's from uh, New Jersey, she, mm -hmm. Jill's from New Orleans. Yeah, so, so Jill knows it and understands it, but doesn't want to fuck with it. And I'm like, I'm like her. I don't want to mess with any of this. I'll just leave. Yeah, no, Jill's a hundred percent me, especially when like uh, it goes to like going to the voodoo shop mm -hmm. where Caroline's like, "Hey, aren't you coming with me?" She's like, "No." And Caroline's like, I thought you said you didn't believe in this. Well, yeah, but just because I don't believe in it doesn't mean I ain't going to fuck with it. Exactly. <laughs> like, like no. you don't mess with spirits if you don't know what you're doing. And as someone who doesn't really know what they're doing when it comes to spirits, I don't want to mess with that. Like, that's some stuff that will scare me shitless. That's why I don't even, I don't even mess with, like, Ouija boards or, like, even, like, mess around with, like, all of that stuff yeah and like i'm a hundred percent non-believer i don't believe any of that shit but at the same time i'm also not a gambler <laughs> i'm not taking that chance i could be wrong fuck around and find, find out, out. <laughs> so, so basically she goes to take this job in terrebonne parish i so i love the fact that this covers south louisiana because otherwise no one no one, no one, unless you're in Louisiana yourself, will understand what a parish is, nor what Terrebonne Parish is. I honestly can't even remember where Terrebonne Parish is at. I, it's it, south of Jefferson. It has to be. Yeah, it has to be. Because it's like, it's very close. It's like less than an hour away from New Orleans. Yeah, because I used to live in Metairie for about a year and a half. Ooh. Yeah. Metairie's not bad. Oh, right off Veterans Boulevard, dude. There's like seafood restaurants uh, everywhere because it was right there by um, mm. uh, the Causeway, that little uh, bay area. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, that sounds good. 
But yeah, no, I would have been the same way. I'm like, why not, Why am I driving an hour away? Well, less than an hour away. It's like an hour drive or whatever. Just so I can like, you know, take a job. I mean, depending on what the job is, I can do it. But like, this is like, this is kind of sus. But it doesn't really come off as sus. But this is also like 2005 where people still looked at newspapers for classifieds. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and on top of this, this isn't, it's basically the same thing as a hospice nurse, only you're taking care of them at their home. Mm, so it's like seems, home health. Yeah, it seems a little more intimate than what she was doing. And I think that's why she's doing it. She still wants to take, she still wants that, uh, that atonement that she didn't have with her father, mm. but she wasn't getting that at the hospital. You know, she was not taking care of the person. She was just basically there until he dies. Where going to the home of, um, was Deborah? Oh, the Deborah family. The yeah. Deborah family, Violet and Ben. Uh, going there to take care of Ben seems more of a, per- you're, you're gaining a personal connection. You're living there with them. You're part of the family at that point. Well, and I think she kind of wants that. Well, uh, Violet didn't really want that ha- to happen at all. Well, she wanted it, but, you know. You know, she wanted it, but she didn't want it because, like, she was all <laughs> like, yeah, no, I don't want her here. Like, and Paul is his name? Hey, Skarsgård? Sarzard? Luke. Luke. Oh, I don't know. He looks like a Paul. Um, Sounds wait, like a Paul, too. Sounds like a Paul. but Fake-ass southern accent. Luke Paul. <laughs> but, no, it's just the fact that, like, he was basically, like, it's like we have, like, the family lawyer mm-hmm. that may or may not be relative to the family or like a very close friend that's basically what he came off as it's like yeah oh he's a very close family friend that you know acts as a lawyer and there's a lot of families i know that have like a lot of people with families i know that have like family lawyers that like they go to them specifically for law related shit and i'm just like oh that's a thing yeah and he seems like a, a, a pretty friendly dude you know he, like I, oh he is a southern trauma yeah if i say so myself <laughs> that low down i want to say low down dirty like that's it's like the stereotypical southern accent that like people who aren't from the south play like it's giving me blanche yeah it sounds like blanche no it's to me it sounds like um like whenever you do a southern accent in like broadway but like like all the actors are from new york so it's like none of them know how to properly speak southern it's like, they always sound like this. Yeah. Like they come from the antebellum times. And I'm like, <laughs> not everyone sounds like that. From Especially in 2005. <laughs> Even in 2005, no one sounded like this. People barely sounded like this up in the 90s. When, <laughs> and I'm like, you remember the episode of like King of the Hill? Because oh, yeah. I forgot Bill is basically like Louisiana. Mm-hmm. And he's a New, like a Southern, like New Orleans, like you know, uh, native. I'm just like, no one sounds like that anymore, unless they're like deep, deep in there. And I'm like, I get it. They're from a small, like little town area, and they're secluded off. So yeah, the, she meets Luke, and she meets Violet, and she meets Ben. So the idea, what she's told, is that Ben had a stroke. After going into the attic one day, putting stuff up in the attic, mm. um, he had a stroke. And wasn't able to basically move or anything. He was yeah, basically it like, affected everything. Yeah. Which is a little odd because, you know, strokes normally affect like a certain side or a certain part of the body, not the whole fucking body. So right there, a little odd. 
See, I know how strokes work, but not really. So I was like, maybe it could be a rare thing where like the whole body was just shut down. But at that point, when they would have already called, um, like called time of death, if like the whole body was basically like shutting down, he was basically like paralyzed. He couldn't even, he was bedridden the whole time. Like that's almost the same thing as being in a vegetable state. Well, he yeah, was coherent, but, but like he didn't, couldn't able to speak and do a C. That's almost like being a vegetable. Yeah. But I mean, time of death, that's going into like doctor assisted suicide, and that's that's a whole different topic. Yeah, you're right. That is a whole different topic for a whole nother podcast for a whole nother day. That we will not be doing. But um No, Miss Girl did not Miss Violet did not want Caroline there at all at first. Like it took Luke convincing her mm-hmm. in order for him to uh in order for Caroline to get hell, into that. Hell, it took Luke convincing Caroline to stay. If it wasn't for him convincing her, she probably would have walked out. Five girls. Five, well, five oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Five nurses. I'm assuming five girls, but five well, it had seen how the end of the movie is, it had to have been five girls. Mm-hmm. Let's just had be to be. Yeah. Uh we'll get into that. But yeah, he convinces her to stay. So she does, and she basically gains a little her and Violet have like this weird little disconnect the entire movie. But her and Ben slowly get this uh, connection. And that's the whole... I, I really do think she sees her father and Ben. Mm-hmm. Like, she's very sweet. Like, she... she I think the whole reason she go The third act even happens is because of that connection right there. So, to, to just see her do as much as she does for Ben is it's very heartwarming. That was a lot of effort of that she put up you know being with him and just honestly i get it because that incident that happened that first day that she's in there the first night is like boom bala boom wild and you're just like at that point that's trauma bonding right there (laughs) like you in this for the long haul after that yeah um especially if you're like about to like off you well seemingly off yourself but literally like oh my god that was crazy. Yeah, because wasn't it? Um, I think we're skipping a few things, but it, it doesn't. Like, I'm so scattershot on this uh, movie. There, yeah, no, there's so much that went on. But and I'm just like the part you're ooh. talking about is she's a she's in bed, she's asleep, and she hears a noise. Mm-hmm. So she runs in to check on Ben. Well, Ben's out of his bed, and she's been told that Ben can't move. Like he's basically bedridden. bedridden. He's got to be in a wheelchair. You know, he's got to be fed, bathed, all that good shit. With the he remedies can't move. too. Yeah, take the, you know, remedies at nine mm, o'clock all the time. Nine o'clock, seven o'clock, yeah. And here's fucking Ben who has not only gotten out of bed, he opened a window, crawled onto the rooftop and was crawling for his life. And he was in the rain, mind you. In the rain. In the, in the pouring, pouring rain. rain. He's just trying to get away, and you can just see the fear in his eyes. Like, he is terrified. You know, let's go. Let's get into that. Let's get into John Hurt's acting, y'all. Very good. That was amazing, because literally, I, I like, I wish I was able to play, a, like, a mute person, because that gets rid of one subset of senses that you have to act with. So, basically, he was acting with his body or lack thereof he was basically acting with just facial expressions alone not even like not even fake because he's paralyzed like Mm -hmm. he's he cannot move whatsoever so most of his acting comes through his eyes that's what i found so damn for him for someone to show a range of emotions using only one part of your body is amazingly talented that's a challenge and john hurt deserves 
all of the kudos for that movie all of the kudos for playing ben because it feels like you, you have to be able to train yourself in order to just show emotion with literally just one set of senses and like maybe just like a grunt or like the was it the just the just like basically flailing oh, around his compul- uh, com- uh, compulsions. compulsions yeah. yeah so like that that he is a talented actor and god i i feel like he was the only one who was able to pull that off so her and violet run out there too because he fell off the roof and he's still crawling he's still trying to get the fuck out of that house maybe he was, <laughs> he was that was that was an incredible scene because it was like the way that everything was composed, the shot, just the sense of like suspense that you got from it, from like where the hell is he to basically seeing how where Caroline is like, yo, what the hell is going on? I would have left. I I, I already left before. I would even started, but like at that point, I would have been like gone because that is not cool. Well, she did not sign the fraud. At. Yeah, but what happens is, um, as they go to check up on Ben, she, uh, Caroline, has to run in the house and get his wheelchair, which is in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Well, when she runs in there, she notices that a pot, a a uh, potting plant or whatever you call it, fell. Yeah, and with the soil in the pot, Ben or someone had written "Help me" on his sheets. So she grabs that tumbles it up and puts it in her little locker area or her little dresser and then brings the wheelchair out because that shit's weird little fucking weird like that shit's fucking weird what's even weirder is when luke comes by the next morning and she tries to show him the sheet that says help me and the sheet's clean mm -hmm. perfectly clean there's nothing on it it just makes you wonder what's going through caroline's head as all of these things are happening and what's going on because it does seem like it, it it's not really it, it seems kind of haunted housey at first. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there are spirits that are messing with things, especially when it comes down to the mirror aspect. So there are no mirrors in the house. Mm. The mirrors had been taken down. And I think the original what was the original reason that Violet gave? I know the second reason, but what was the original one? It was because there she gave the excuse of like, oh, girl, I'm so old. I don't need that mirror. That's oh yeah, she didn't want to see herself. She, she was, didn't need a reminder of uh, how she's aging. Yeah. Okay. So, which I'm like, I get it. If you want to be old, it's like, and obviously she doesn't really wear makeup or like anything. She just kind of like puts on her clothes, you know. Yeah. Washes up and go. Like there's no not really much in the form of like dolling up that she does. And plus, she's older. So a lot of things just kind of happen by muscle memory anyway. Yeah. So I get it. But it was still weird that there are no mirrors, and you can tell obviously where all the like mirrors were, mm-hmm. and they've been there for years. Mm-hmm. So, so another thing that happens is after all of this, after you know her trying to talk to Luke and show him the bed sheets and everything's clean and everything, um, she still decides to stay to help Ben out, and they're in the garden, and that leads into violet being like oh crap i need some uh seeds i forgot what kind of seeds they were but it was some it was some type of seed that yeah. made uh caroline go up to the attic and i'm pretty sure that she was talking about the attic before 
Like she, she said, mentioned it when she was given right when she was given the key. Well, it was mentioned when um, it was mentioned at big first when uh, talking about Ben and his stroke because mm-hmm. that's where he had his stroke was in the attic. Then it was mentioned again that that's where uh, they keep the mirrors. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure it was like around the time where she was given the skeleton, the uh, the key that opens everything, the skeleton key. Yeah, and she goes up to the attic. She finds the seeds, but she also hears a noise. A rattling sound coming from the back of the attic. Which is coming from a door that looks like someone is trying to open from the inside frantically. And she tries to open it, and the skeleton key is not working. And, of course, that's when the door stops shaking. And then that's when the other door closed. And it was already (laughs) insinuating to be closing anyway because he heard the creaking sound. But that scene was wild. I, that was that was a cool scene because it leads it leans more into the haunted house aspect. Yeah, I feel the, like it, it steers you heavily in haunted house. Yeah, the first quarter, the the first uh, third of the movie makes you think it's a haunted house. The uh, second third of the movie is like okay, it's more leaning towards the voodoo and hoodoo aspect, and then the third. The third, final third is just, it's a twist that, God, I loved. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I think one thing that I would have missed that we were leaning to, that we were going towards speaking of hoodoo. So, the scene where she went to get gas, well, basically. I mean, it didn't have a whole, that part, all it really did was set up the um, brick dust and uh, the fact that they were going to go there again. But yeah, anyway, so you have the creepy moment in the attic, and she kind of confronts Violet about, you know, I thought the skeleton key you gave me opened every door. And Violet's like, well, yeah, what do you mean? Well, there's a door in the attic, and it won't open. Oh, that door's never been opened since we've been here. No one's ever gone in there. Lying bitch. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So, like, no, that one, I find it funny because Miss Caroline is being a, a little bit too nosy and she was being very nosy from the get-go if you want to be real because like i get it you want to explore you know new areas and all of that but it, after someone says hey this is the space of the previous tenants as much as it is theirs i'm just like fine cool well that's all i need to know but no the whole reason she's being nosy is because she was told ben could not move and he moved then she found a sheet that said help me and that sheet disappeared and then she finds a door that's rattling and it's the only door her skeleton key won't open i'd be a little fucking nosy my goddamn self more like i would be less nosy more gone (laughs) just just, i would already be gone by that point just just saying just done it's like because i would just i would just walk out be like all right i can't take this anymore this is too much for me i'll go but since the all of the suspicions have been set in place the seeds of suspicion haven't set in stone like everything's turning so i'm like i get it she's trying to solve a mystery that she kind of didn't need to solve but you know she is solving because things are happening and things are weird so that makes a lot of sense i guess and that leads to her one day going up to the attic during the day, which I thought was stupid. She should have went at night when was everyone was very asleep. Dumb. But she went during the day and she figured out that the reason her skeleton key wasn't working is because that a piece of a key was already broken in there. 
So she pulls that out, puts her skeleton key in, opens it, and finds a hoodoo sanctuary, or shrine, whatever you want to call it, uh, where there are books, uh, totems, um, records, records. one record in particular, which was called the uh, Papa Justified, yeah, Papa Justified Conjuring something another. So, also... Another thing too that was a good reference was the pictures talking about the brother and sister that mm-hmm. they inherited from. So, you know, after she uh that she picks up the photo and the other card pops out with the black couple, the servants and the uh, the white children. Yeah, the little children. And it turns around it's like Papa Justify and, and Mama, Mama Cecilia. Cecilia. Cecilia, yeah. So that was a good good little like foreshadowing moment to the attic scene where you see all of that and then you see where it says Papa Justifies a conjuring sound. So it basically is like like a early like nineteen twenties like, you know, uh spell basically. Yeah. I thought it was really interesting using audio as a way to just kinda uh recite all of the spells that yeah, voodoo it's... voodoo uh people use. Okay, okay. I was like, okay, that's yeah. interesting because usually that's like you know, more so a written, written thing, but well, I mean, there was a written aspect to it, but hearing it too, mm-hmm. it just kind of relates to the times because you know, 1920s invention of sound, roaring 20s, partying, all of that kind of stuff. So it's like, it's it's a little nice, a little tidbit, yeah, that I really enjoy. And she basically steals the record, gets it out of here, and takes it to her uh, home in New Orleans, which she's roommates with the, the Jill. Uh, girl. With the Jill? With the Jill girl. <laughs> well, she's only there, like, her only characteristic in the movie is to be skeptical and... The Carrie's Carol- friend. Yeah, Caroline's friend. <laughs> so, that's... I don't know. I wish she had a little bit more... A little bit more meat. Because I mean, I think the ending where, like, she shows up at the end would have meant a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did seem like a good friend, so it meant a little bit. Oh, yeah. Did it- an okay job with that. But she shows up and she listens to the record. And then, of course, her roommate, Jill, walks in and is like, what the hell are you doing? Hey, do you want to buy me a drink? Jill, no questions asked. They go they go drinking. <laughs> Basically, this is the point where Jill explains to her the difference between voodoo and hoodoo. Well, voodoo was never really explicitly mentioned. Yeah, it was. Caroline, oh, um, no, you're right Jill, because she Jill, corrected her. Jill called it hoodoo, and hoodoo. Caroline said, "You mean voodoo?" And it's like, no, there's a difference. Mm, yeah, she right, explains right. that difference, and basically, the whole difference is voodoo is mystical. It's, it's a religion. Um, I thought hoodoo was the religion. No, they said voodoo is the religion. I thought hoodoo was the religion because it only works if you believe it. That's what, that's what like Jill said. Unless I'm tripping. I'm probably tripping, but I could have sworn it said uh, voodoo was the religion, and then uh, hoodoo was, like, the culture, like, the practice on a culture. Uh, it may be reversed. I don't know. I don't believe in the shit, so I don't know. But anywho, she explains the difference, and uh, that's when Caroline basically tells her exactly what she saw in that attic, mm-hmm. and Jill's like, you need to stay away from that shit. And I, don't, I forget how... But it's mentioned where her uh, Jill, her I think it was her mom, is into hoodoo or believes in hoodoo. Someone in her family, and then 
there is she basically went to the location where it's at like you know, she goes to a, a little store and that's where she gets all her stuff for the religious practice but at first it just looks like a regular little low laundromat yeah just a laundromat that's all it is and caroline's like seriously that's it all right well let's go and jill's like no no i'm not going in what? I thought you didn't believe in this shit. Yeah, but I'm still not going in. <laughs> so it's like they don't they don't go first, but because of all the more things that are going on at the Deborah household, it Caroline goes shopping. So she goes to the laundromat area and she talks to the lady there and basically she says, Hey Miss Mamas knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. She really the minute that Caroline explained the situation to her. Miss girl, and like, so vaguely was, bam, too. Bam, 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 bam. So vaguely. I mean, she was just like, "Yeah, I'm in this house," and mama, and the mom's like, "Oh, and this and this is happening." Yeah, and there's this guy, and he can't speak. You want him to speak? I got you, sweetie. Yeah, he was bound. Like basically, he was bound, and it's like, "All right, unbind everything." So she basically was like, "Bam, bam, bam, bam," put everything that she needed into like a little, 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 little box. And she, that was the most help. She was also one of my favorites because she was like basically like the most <laughs> helpful. She was the most helpful out of everyone there. And barely a little screen time. Like hardly talked, hardly did anything, but she was the most helpful person. Mm-hmm. But I think this is what I thought of. So going, I kind of want to reel back a little bit. You can tell that there's like this little like chemistry maybe between Luke and Caroline, right? I just really like the scene where they're on the bed after, like, he was show- trying to uh, show her everything, mm-hmm. and <laughs> Violet walks in on them, and, just- and she's all like, bitch, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and I-, I just thought that was a hilarious scene, because you can tell that it's going against what, Ms- like, what Violet's trying to do, and Luke was all like, hey, I'm just along for the ride. Like, he, I think he was really trying to get with her, though, like, using well, his southern charm to get no, with her. No, it's... It's actually mm. a lot funnier when you know the twist ending. It honestly That's is a lot funnier so, when you know the twist ending. Oh yeah. <laughs> but like, that was there's a there's a cute lot of cute little setups speaking, that pay off in and I that's what I like about this movie. There's a lot of payoffs. Speaking of, we did skip a part. So before she ever went to the voodoo place, the, she yeah. she brings up the attic to Violet. Oh right, right. I did. Oh, I skipped all of that. Shoot. She um she mentions well no because she did she uh she got the record went home and talked to Jill about it. Mm-hmm. Her and Jill were gonna go into the laundromat and never did. Mm-hmm. And then that's right. And then she talked to Violet like, hey, I went into that room and I opened it. What the hell's going on? I know you you're lying to me. You know you know what's in that room. Tell me what's going on. And that's when we get the backstory to the house, which was, it was my, one of my favorite part, like, I think it was like my second or third favorite part of the movie, but it was also heartbreaking. But it kind of made me feel better in like a sick, morbid way when you know the twist ending. You are a sick, morbid person. Yeah. So anywho, um, there, basically there was, um... Papa Justify and Mama Cecile, mm-hmm. who were the house servants at uh, plant big business, <sighs> what were banks? I think they were bankers or whatever. Is basically you can call it the premier plantation, pretty much the big house, as they say. 
And they were the house servants, but they were also practicers of hoodoo. Mm-hmm. And well, very powerful at that. One one night while having a party, the adults and the mom and dad and the adults realized that they can't find their kids. So they made it a game to be like, hey, let's play find the children. They basically played the game of that and then they ran in on the, into the attic. Well, ran- they, they it was the last place. Yeah, the they, last they heard place. music playing is what they said. They heard so they couldn't find the kids and they heard music playing up in the attic. And when they went up in the attic, they found that room and found that Papa Justified and Mama Cecile were teaching the kids hoodoo. Mm-hmm. And I think they're like mid, it looks like it was mid ceremony because I think they're like convulsing. Or it felt like it was convulsing mm-hmm. or they're like in, in the middle of like the uh, ceremony of the uh, conjuration. Yeah. And because of that, the the people hang them not just hang them they hang them spit alcohol on them and then set them on fire (sighs) all while i think the kids watched too the kids watched they they had no no choice but to watch and i think at I would be scarred for life after that, honestly. And I think she said the kids even said that they it was their fault. They were the ones who told. They um, wanted to do it. They wanted to be taught it. But it's like they, of course, they're not gonna believe the kids. They're they're gonna believe the you know the house niggers that are you know convincing them or persuading them into this witchcraft or whatever. So mm. well, yeah, of course. <sighs> and but, that's your that's your backstory for the house. That's why the house is haunted. That's why weird things are going on. And it's very it's very convincing. You're like, okay, yeah, no, this sounds like exactly why it's haunted and it deserves to be haunted. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, Caroline is like, okay, whatever. Like she still doesn't believe, really believe it. She doesn't believe it, but whatsoever. like she kind of like she kind of goes into like okay, not really believing it, but she's like taking it all in. And that's when we get to where she buys the stuff from. I don't know her last name, but the the mama character at the uh, dry cleaning. She buys the stuff from there, and mm-hmm. she explains it to Jill this way, and it actually makes a hell of a lot of sense. Um. People on hospice, when they have no hope and they just know they're there to die, they're going to die faster. But if you give them hope, if you kind of, you know, help them understand, then they're less likely to succumb to whatever illness they have. And so the whole idea is she gets these things and she's going to use what she thinks in her head is that Ben is convinced that he's being possessed or being cursed Mm -hmm. so if she uses the exact same ingredients to help him it's gonna break his little psyche or yeah his little break him up and help him out little does she know what she actually does is a hoodoo ritual on him and helps him he starts when she does everything that the mama character taught her to do or told her to do and it helps him he starts moving and he starts speaking and all he gets out before Violet comes in is help me from, and then she comes in and all he can do is just stare at her with fucking John Hurt's beautiful fear eyes. And he did a little point too. He was like, save me from, and then pointed at the door. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, also with the mirrors, 
is like I think we missed the part where the mirrors are taken down because also because you know he can see. You well, can yeah, say, they say you can see the spirits in the mirrors, and that's why they're taken down. There is a moment where he's in the bath and she has a mirror, and he's looking at the mirror a little fearful. And she opens it, and he basically has almost like a seizure in the mm-hmm. bathtub. Um, so there is that moment. And the use of mirrors in this film, I am a sucker for when people use mirrors in interesting ways. Mm-hmm. It's like you can also tell with the use of mirrors that you can say she is shadows. And the one aspect of the movie you can tell, like with certain aspects of the mirrors, that that you can see the shadows when moving along the mirror, mm-hmm. and that thing that's another signifier of like of like spirits coming along because you know if you see you can see spirits in the mirror but to me that's like the turning point of like the third way mark where we get into about halfway point mm-hmm. where it's no longer a haunted house movie she realizes it's not haunted there's you know there may be spirits here but what's really going on is violet is poisoning her husband and wh- yeah, poisoning brain. It feels like she, she still point. she still doesn't believe, but mm-hmm. she knows that Violet is doing harm to Ben. Well, doing something, and I think another turning point is like whenever the mirrors get. Ex- you know, we talk about the mirrors, and she and you can tell that uh that Caroline was starting to get fed up with her because she literally t- puts the up the mirrors again, mm-hmm. and my God, just a Miss uh Gina Re- Gina Reynolds Gina no. Is it Gina Reynolds? Yeah, Gina Rollins. Gina Rollins, her just absolute like deadpan just like dropping face whenever she sees the mirrors back up. And that was she She did that shit. She like, she, she is a great antagonist. Honestly, all the acting was pretty good. It wasn't like anything spectacular, except for John Hurts, of course. Um, but it was very, it wasn't bad either. There wasn't a bad actor in this movie. No, like every person I feel like was used, utilized perfectly. Yeah. Like no wasted talent at all. Well, maybe a little bit for Jill, but that's very minor at this point. But even with like what little she has to work with, you still feel the love and connection she has for her friend Caroline. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So she's. Find out that um, Ben is being poisoned, and she says she's gonna, you know, she's gonna help him. She's gonna do that shit, and she tries to convince Luke of it. Who Luke's not believing it whatsoever. He's like, yeah. So people have, you know, different beliefs. So do I. I have a weird belief. It's called being a Baptist. <laughs> I thought that was a funny line. That was funny. Uh, yeah. Little did you know. Um, <laughs> but is but. You, you can tell that she tries to help that he tries to help at least yeah i mean he clearly has a, like a thing for her and basically is kind of like okay i'll play along with you mm-hmm. and finds a few things a little odd and says he'll look into it but caroline says enough and they go you know she gets a little more information from the gas station uh, mm-hmm. uh residents uh about the record and that that was cut so short. Like I feel like I, I think you were the one that said it. Like that that scene seemed like it was longer than what was actually shown it, on the it movie. It did felt like there was a cut, like a little bit of a cut because the bl- you can tell that like there's more to what the blind lady was saying about what was going on, especially since she like once Caroline figured out that it was a conjuration that was being played, that she was like, okay, she knows. 
okay, you gotta tell us something. And it's just the fact that with all of this, it just, they're just all four, all four, because that she really wanted to like atone for not being around for her father. So she is basically like, Ben is basically her her father, her like, surrogate father, her surrogate yeah. father. But at this point, and and it's heartwarming how much effort she goes through just to be able to you know help him. Yeah, and she gets Luke out of there. Luke goes and does something while she goes back to the house, determined to get Ben out of there. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Violet had has broken the facade. She's got her book out. She's cooking up some weird chicken shit that. You know, you really only see voodoo mm. happening when you see chickens being cut the way she was cutting the chicken. And this is the first time that Violet is really showing that she believes in any of this because she brought in the brick sand, which is told that no one may pass the if you lay down a line of brick sand. It that keeps the bad spirits away. It keeps any it, anything that tries to harm you will not be able to cross it. Mm-hmm. And that leads to probably my second favorite scene. Her egging Violet to come into the room after she poured the brick sand down and Violet not being able to and both of them realizing it. I loved that scene because both of them were still trying to play innocent, still trying mm-hmm. to play coy, but they both knew that she knew, she knows I know, and she knows I know that I want to kill her. Ooh. <laughs> and then right after about the scene with, oh my God, the hoodoo ritual that actually works with John, oh, say John, with um Ben and the utter like defeat of like locking the door, I forgot that she like was trying to like what was that? What what drug was that? The little stuff that she like injected into the sugar. That wasn't after she helped John. That was after the the red line. Um, no, I know, but I could have sworn that like I don't know what drug it was it like was. right after. No, huh? I could have sworn that was right after. Uh, she, she did the ritual for John and then for Ben. For Ben, I'm sorry. <laughs> did the ritual for Ben. Met up with Luke. Went mm-hmm. back to the house. They had the red brick line. And then she's like, Ben, I'm going to get you out of here. And that's when she starts putting ah. the drug in the sugar. Okay, 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 okay. So basically, there's another tense moment, another tense scene, the dinner scene, where obviously Violet did something to the gumbo because she is egging her on to eat the gumbo. And wow. Caroline's like, nope. While I'm Caroline not doing is it. egging her on to, to get the sugar in the and, tea. <laughs> and, she, and she's like, no, she knows. I know damn well she likes to make sweet tea. Like, that's a whole southern thing is making sweet tea. Mm-hmm. You put sugar in that tea, there's something going on. And Violet's just like, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not putting sugar in my tea. And you should eat that gumbo, though. And, and Caroline's like, nope, I'm I ain't going to do it. <laughs> I'm not that hungry. And, man, that was an intense moment. And you just know, and you just know, know what's going on. And then the moment where Caroline was like, fuck this shit and literally put the sedative, uh, sedative in the tea that yeah. was because the the power goes out and violet's mm-hmm. like oh i'll go and get candles hang on before i get candles let's get rid of this sugar she took that sugar out and i was like oh we're going it's a point of no return right here and, Vi- and caroline's like nope i'm just gonna pour the whole damn thing in her tea 
<laughs> says, right? I'm done. Of no return. And so then, then uh, Violet drinks the tea. And they have a little moment where Caroline confronts her. She's like, yeah, you're trying to kill Ben, aren't you? And she's like, I will do with my husband whatever I feel like. I'm not going to have some little whore come into my home, not know how to take care of my house or how things work around here. Mm-hmm. But as she's saying all that, she's slowly falling down. Cause that, was a, that was a thud right there. I thought, And I thought I saw blood. Oh, yeah, she went boop. <laughs> I thought I saw a little bit of blood pop out, too. And I was like, oh. I thought legit that she was about to like be close to death already. Yeah. So Caroline, then after she thuds to the ground, Caroline runs up, finds a curse symbol under Ben's bed, Mm -hmm. finds the bed sheet that she had with help me written on it in, uh, in uh, Violet's room. And she's like that bitch. So she takes the bed sheet, takes Ben and she tries to leave. Well, as she's trying to leave, all manner of hell breaks loose. It's raining. It's muddy out. She's got a little Volkswagen. She the gate's been beetle. shut and locked. Mm-hmm. And she just, she cannot get out of there whatsoever. She, she tries, tries to so ram, hard. she tries to ram the gate. And we're just like, bro, you you thought you were going to, she thought she was going to get out there. She thought she was going to get out. But that little beetle could not handle it. And then the sec- third was it the third time that she does it, she spins out and then breaks down the car. And finally, she's like, you know what? I just not. This is not happening. This is not working. So, Ben, I'm going to hide you here. You'll be safe. I will come back. I promise. This is about the time Violet wakes up, grabs a double barrel shotgun and says i'm gonna shoot this bitch another thing about southern homes you're gonna find a gun somewhere <laughs> you're gonna defend yourself some way somehow and but uh, luckily caroline uh leaves she she escapes uh via boat down the bayou see that was pretty cool because i forgot that the bayou was there mm-hmm. like a good chunk of the time but like that was another good callback and you know foreshadowing to use that bayou to escape Mm-hmm. And so the rain also helped a lot with you know Caroline being able to escape because I know Miss Violet wasn't able to see that well with the you know trying to aim yeah and shoot them old eyes. Mm-mm. So basically, she ends up you know finding help, getting back to Nolas Nolans, and in entering Luke's home, which I'm pretty sure it was like Luke's home was on like the little the address is on like the on a card probably. Yeah, because he he gave her mm-hmm. a card. Um, and when she's there, she's trying to convince him of, you know, Violet's evil deeds. And while she's talking to him, Violet calls him and he's like, okay, hang on. Um, let me talk to Violet real fast. I'm going to record the conversation. I'll be right back. This is when she walks over to his desk and finds essentially lawyer for dummy books. That's all it was. This was the only part I really hated about this movie was she goes over to one desk in his room and in his entire big ass home goes to one desk and finds three books on how to be a lawyer pictures of her scattered all over the desk. You know, pictures of her before she took on the job. Then she opens a drawer, finds a bunch of chicken bones and bird feathers and shit like that with a ring that is a, the exact ring that was in that hoodoo shank, uh, sanctuary at the uh, the uh, Bayou Mansion. It's the only thing I hated. It was like, really? You're going to be that fucking obvious? Okay. It's just the fact that 
I didn't see it coming. Oh, I, I did. I no. honestly did not see it coming. I should have. It's Peter Sarsgaard in a fucking movie. He is the bad guy. See, I did not know that. <laughs> so I did not see this coming at all. I do want to say one thing before we move on is mm-hmm. I actually got a chance to see Peter Sarsgaard perform live. Ooh. He's very good. He is very, very good. I don't. I watched the movie. It was in Magnificent Seven. Mm. The uh, scene where he's in the church oh, talking about yeah. dirt. I don't know why the movie didn't make it seem as cool as it was seeing it in real life. In real life, it was so good. It was so mesmerizing, and you're just like you feel intimidated watching this guy who was literally just nice to you five minutes ago. It was huh. really good. So I, I enjoyed being able to watch him perform right there in front. But anyway, yeah, Peter Scars, uh, Peter Sarsgaard, he, he's always a bad guy. We know now. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, once we figure all of that out, cue the Sarsgaard coming in with the wire. Yeah. Strangling, attempting to strangle old Caroline. As we found out that he's obviously in on it. Mm-hmm. Takes her back to the mansion, and that's where him and Violet are preparing to do some sort of weird voodoo or hoodoo ritual. Mm-hmm. And I'll- we don't know what yet, though. We're not exactly a hundred percent sure. I think she thinks that they're going to do the the conjuring uh, ritual, but it's not a hundred percent confirmed. Um, red herring. Red herring. It was definitely red herring because it was like the only one she had, and I, and I feel like she expected her to take it. So of course you're gonna take the wrong one, mm-hmm. and you know, knowing that Violet knows now that like she knows all of this stuff that you, she was gonna like you know try to play her. Yeah. Like she was thought like she was playing chess, and she was so far like kind of close to like you know winning, and so. She asks where Ben is, and of course, Caroline, for some reason or another, tells her that Ben's out in the shed. I think the main reason is to get Violet out of there, leaving just her and Luke. Well, you know, it's also because she had hatched the plan in her head, Mm -hmm. seeing, you know, all of the things that were placed there before. Past Caroline was looking out for future Caroline. So good for her. Violet goes out to get Ben out of the shed, which leads to. Her, uh, Caroline wanting to go to her room and Mm -hmm. Luke's like, no, you're not going to do that. And she's like, well, yeah, just let me go to my room. I I just want a picture of my dad. Let me get my picture of my dad. Before you try to kill me. And he's like, fine, whatever. And she makes her way to the room and he stopped because that's where the brick line is. And he's like, oh, God damn it. I just got played. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Violet meets Ben, finds Ben, Ben tries to stab her with shears, little, little gardening shears, and she's like, nope, not having none of that shit, come on, Ben, and drags his ass into the house, Mm. but Caroline has escaped at this point, gotten more brick sand, and basically starts making a barrier, uh, in all the hallways, all the entranceways, makes her way upstairs, like, blocks off where they can't even get to the stairs, and then starts blocking every doorway upstairs. But then the- It's right very before, smart. It was very smart, but Violet, for some reason, was able to get up and basically, like, climb, try to- Climb to the second story. 
or from outside, climbed to the second story. This woman is powerful, y'all. <laughs> through a window, and they have, and through a window, opens one of the bedroom doors before she gets a, a chance, and they have a little tussle, making her drop all the brick sand. Mm-hmm. And then they tussle. Them girls like to tussle. So, and then they, you know, go all around, like, you know, trying to strangle each other. And then in one foul move, Caroline swoops Miss Girl, Miss Violet, over the sea over the ledge of the stairs dropping her down and this breaking, breaking her, her legs. legs and oh uh, that was a I, that was a, like a very visible like break right there I, and i felt myself cringe i very felt very wince inducing mm-hmm. um so caroline makes her way up to the attic which is the only safe place there is now but when she gets there she is met with a symbol in the middle, surrounded by candles, surrounded by mirrors. The sim- almost the exact same thing that the kids were doing all those years ago. During the party. It, I mean, the exact same uh, get up. Mm-hmm. Violet makes her way to the stair lift, that, the wheelchair stair lift that they had for Ben. Makes her way there, gets up, and finally crawls her way to the attic. But Caroline, being smart yet again, ended up ripping a protection spell from the book and drawing that, thinking, okay, this is going to protect me. I ran out of my sand, but this is going to protect me from Violet. Mm -hmm. Leading Violet to basically say check and mate, bitch. That's not a protection spell. That's a containment spell. You now can't leave that circle. And it, and she was trying her best to not believe. She was like, "I don't believe." Yeah, well, I don't believe because Violet said we needed you. It, you're the first per. We needed you to believe. You're the first person who actually. Uh, it takes a while, but you're the first person to actually believe, and that's what we need you to do is believe for it to work. And Caroline's like, "No, I don't believe in this shit." Knowing that she does now, <laughs> and that was the main reason why she put up so much effort is because she believed all of this. And Violet pulls a mirror in front of Caroline, and Caroline sees herself in the reflection. Then that reflect that image in the mirror turns into Violet, and then Violet turns into the child. When the tie the child turns into Mama Cecile, mm-hmm. and Violet throws that mirror into a. Uh, Caroline and they both kind of just like that's the end of the fight. They're both done at this point. All the while, fucking Sarsgard, Luke walking around holding a little black candle that's lit, saying some weird little chant. Basically helping from the outside. Yeah. And Caroline wakes up. She gets up and she does not smoke whatsoever. She has not smoked this entire movie. Mm -mm. Know who has smoked? Violet. Violet loves smoking. She smokes specifically, looks like those uh, black cigarettes. Black cigars. Mm hmm. And Caroline gets up, walks over to Violet, picks up her pack of cigars and her lighter, lights one up, and now has a southern accent. What just happened here, y'all? The fuck just happened? I'll tell you what just happened. What the fuck just happened, y'all? So, the party scene wasn't a we're teaching the kids about hoodoo 
it was we're transferring our souls into the kids' souls, and those kids' souls are going into our souls. Then we did that with Violet and Ben, and then we did that with Luke and Caroline. Oh my god, and it worked. It worked. And that's what I was saying, why I kind of love the flashback scene, is because even though those racist piece of shits were hanging and burning black people, what they were actually doing is burning and hanging their own children. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even put two. I I didn't even think about that. I didn't put two. Oh, my God. That's fucked up. That is real messed up. Oh, my God. When you put two and two together, it's just really, 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 really fucked. Yeah, no. And that, honestly, that twist makes this movie for me. I loved it. I, I I genuinely did not see the twist coming. Me neither. I I didn't either because I was like, bro, why she got a subtle accent? Then it kind of pulls you right back in whenever Luke shows up and basically, you know, cradles her and he puts on the ring and you're just like, oh, oh, he calls her Cecile. All of a sudden, you you understand. They just transferred their souls into their bodies. And obviously, Papa Justify already did that to Luke mm-hmm. while a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So he knew what was going on the whole time. And all was needed was another vessel. That probably means that Ben That probably means that Ben was Papa Justify at some point too. No, it does. And the Ben we see in this movie is who Luke used to be. Before he ended Before Justified got in Luke's body. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That means it makes you wonder, it's like, why how did Luke get involved with them as well? Okay, so There's a that makes me wonder that. Well, okay, so you had the the kids from the party. Mm-hmm. And then it's explained that those kids, after the mom and dad lost all their money. And basically, the dad shot the mom and then killed himself. The kids got the house. Mm -hmm. So they probably murdered the mom and dad. They got the house up until they were about 60 when they both came down with a stroke. And Ben and Violet were the ones who who bought the home after they got a stroke. stroke. Luke became their lawyer about a year and a half ago. Around the same time, Ben got his stroke. Oh, shit. No, yeah. He was waiting for another vessel. And it also makes that whole romantic subplot even hella funny because it kind of actually happens. <laughs> but we... It, it's weird because it's like, it's them, but it's not them, but it's them. And you're just like, oh, this is weird consent thing. But they literally like basically became a couple again after so long and now they're basically it's like the whole cycles were starting again yeah and i'm pretty sure because of the efforts of luke quote-unquote now the house is in no remember because jill shows up Mm. at the end after Mm -hmm. the cops and everyone are there and they're taking violet to the hospital because she's suffering a stroke Stroke. and And now both violet and ben are suffering the same stroke yeah and jill's like hey caroline what's going on and caroline's like what oh yeah my roommate jill hey um what's going on yeah actually i think we're gonna stay here and take care of ben and violet for a while bit long or a bit while longer 
Um, if you don't mind, can you ride with Violet? I got a few things to take care of here. Thanks. And walks away. Jill's like, okay, that's kind of weird. And Luke's all like, yeah, I think Caroline took a real, or I think uh, Violet and Ben took a real liking to Caroline. And Jill's like, why would you say that? Well, they left the whole house to her in their will. And he kind of gets this weird smirk on on his face. And you're just like, oh. Dude, they planned this shit out. And it's beautiful. This twist, this was a damn good twist. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, uh, Aaron Kruger, who wrote this movie, beautiful. He did that shit. Because it it really, it's, it's, it really, it, there every part, because you have the first part where you think the house is haunted. Then you have the second part where it becomes, okay, it's basically going to be a, a voodoo hoodoo showdown. You know, this person versus this person. Good versus evil. And then you get this fucking twist, and you start realizing the layers to this twist, to this plot. And you're like, god damn, that's good. It was very, like, <laughs> I really thought that. It took me. It was a roller coaster. It felt like it was a roller coaster, especially once the twist, all of those twists happen, and it just make when you realize that you know Justify and Cecile are are still there to this day, and their souls are like living on in these like hoodoo masters bodies, and like my only okay, my favorite part of that part was like the joke about uh, Cecile's like, dang, I wanted a black girl this time, but. You, you're like you know the black girls don't leave i'm like that was so it felt weird having white bodies say that but you know now that you know that like the originators of those souls were black and they're using white bodies as a vessel you're just kind of like <laughs> no to it's me funny. what i what i found funny about it was it's 110 percent true because being a white person we fuck with we fuck with shit like that I, I know if I go to a haunted house and people are like, ooh, don't touch that, or ooh, I don't I don't like the vibes of that, don't go in there, I'm like, bet, I gotta go in there now. Where- Me, on the other hand, <laughs> I will be like, I will follow my instinct to be like, okay, no, I don't want to mess with this. And like, you as someone who's usually easily convincible, like, no, that's something I'm just like, I'm gonna stand, stand my ground. I'm like, I cannot, no. I don't really, I don't mess with spirits. I don't mess with, like, witchcraft shit like that. And this is a prime example of why I don't fuck with any kind of fucking, like, witchcraft shit. Because that shit like this happens. All of a sudden, my body's not even mine anymore. And I don't, like, the concept of possession is cool and all. But, like, seeing it happen multiple times in, like, not in real life, but, like, in media and in a not a good way no <laughs> no that no 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 no. i don't even fuck with like seances and stuff like that like that no <laughs> i just can't do it yeah i just refuse like no that's a whole no <laughs> but like the way that this movie just delves so much into this culture against the backdrop of new orleans's birthplace that's what gives me a liking to this film on top of like the decent acting the well-paced well-paced well-calculated story this was a very cl- another clever movie like for some reason we've been watching some pretty clever movies mm-hmm. in the way that they set up the plots and set up for twist at the end or set up like yeah for random twists at the end like in that Shyamalan can never yeah and i mean <laughs> you're talking about how well-paced it is this movie's a little over an hour and a half that's it and it, it feels feel so like, much longer 
Yeah, it feels, but at the yeah. same time, it doesn't like it doesn't feel rushed. It mm. doesn't feel shorthanded. It, it feels like it. It's perfect. It feels like they took the time to perfectly calculate how much runtime will give us the most emotional impact. And I really think they did. They they nailed that. They nailed this one. Yeah, between really between directing, writing, acting, everything, it this all came together very, very well. Everything just kind of fell into place, and it's and a it's I a like beautiful it. looking movie too. The oh. cinematography is really good. Like for for it being a two thousand five movie, everything's very crisp, vibrant, and it's not dark like most horror movies back in that time is. It's very, even though you're in a like kind of brown and gray marsh swamp area it's still when that sun shines it's beautiful it shows off the colors of south louisiana in a very positive way and it also shows off the distinct color of new orleans too and like you said right since you live in metairie you're talking about how like like looking at the different sites in new orleans that gave you just like Oh, it nostalgia. Makes, yeah, no, me and my fiance go to New Orleans at least once a year, and it, it just makes me want to go to New Orleans again. I love New Orleans. And like especially around the uh the streetcars and all that too. That I thought that, that was really cool. And it just is a very nostalgic feeling. And you know, even though I don't really visit New Orleans that much, it being Louisiana native, you still you kind of get a sense of pride from having something represent louisiana or having bits and pieces of your hometown or home state be represented or being delved into in a movie so i thoroughly enjoyed that aspect yeah i think that's kind of where a lot of my love for this film is coming from yeah. is like that uh, love of louisiana that and it shows the care it doesn't feel like it's careless and it's a uh, portrayal of the culture of you know of that witchcraft culture yeah so what would you rate this movie um solid three and a half three and a half so yeah i'm, I'm going four the uh, complete opposite of last time yeah i was about to say that but yeah no the twist like i was gonna say three and a half but that twist i'm sorry when i found out that because i thought it was just you know violet and luke had like a weird thing going on or like i you thought know, they were fucking yeah, you know, something. I, I didn't I knew there was going to be a twist. I didn't know how good that twist was gonna be. And how layered it will be. So yeah, it's solid four and a half for me. I really enjoyed this movie. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I honestly might give it a four myself, but like I think honestly like I feel like I don't I got a little bit of, en- of enjoyment out of it, but it wasn't like damn. Yeah. It was like, oh, it's more like, oh, okay. Kind of like that kind of film where it's like, you you see the twist and you're just like, everything just kind of clicks. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, it feels like it's not like a very paint by numbers kind of movie, but it follows tropes of what you could saw, like say like this aspect of horror and blends it in with, you know, how voodoo and hoodoo culture exists. And I think they did a good job with that. So I think that's kind of, I'll raise my rating to a four, solid four. Yeah, solid four, at least for me. Mm. I, I really enjoyed this movie. I think, and I think you all enjoy it too. And let's talk about it in the comments. Like, talk about the movies. Let's talk about, like, how there's so much, like, different cultures in Louisiana. And 
let's hear some feedback. Like, yeah. tell us what you think. And if you haven't seen the movie, please check it out. Because the main reason, even though I don't think this was a haunted house movie mm. per se, I put it in this month because I, I rem- as a kid, I remembered it being a haunted house movie. Like I saw this when I was real, real little. And uh, I remembered it being a haunted house movie. So I wanted to put it on here because it's not really talked about. And even though I personally think we cheated a little bit, mm. I'm still glad we did this. And I'm still glad we're putting this episode out because I want this movie to get a little more recognition. There's a lot of horror movies out there, like, let's say, Blood Rage, for example, that are very, very good and des- I think deserve to be talked about more than they are. And I would chalk uh, Skeleton Key up there with it. It's also funny that we're basically the Blood Rage fandom at this point. Yeah, we're promoting the shit out of that movie. <laughs> they should run us our coin. They should get, give us at least the, a copy of the three disc collection, collections edition. Yeah. That's, I'm just saying. Like instead of being sponsored by uh, what what is it? I don't even Nordine. know what. Like instead of being uh, sponsored by Nordine VPN, we're just sponsored by Blood Rage. Yeah, just like, the movie Blood Rage. <laughs> Host of Horrors brought to you by Blood, Blood Rage. Rage. <laughs> <laughs> but anywho, yeah, just like talk about it in our socials. We of course we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all of the stuff. Especially Letterbox, I want to have more conversations on Letterbox because yeah. I love Letterbox. Yeah, Letterbox is awesome. And, you know, we're also on YouTube and all po- uh, podcast streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all of that good stuff. And also, okay, there's this thing called Podchaser, right? You can rate podcasts and stuff. Please give us, you know, comment and rating on that too, so we can get more recognition on there. Because I want to like get sponsored, not really sponsored. I want to get featured by them on Twitter, <laughs> and I think they're really cool. And I've explored a lot of different podcasts because of them. So like, shout out to Podchaser, and oh, also shout out to our um, host Red Circle for being awesome too. But yeah, and uh, yeah. So next week we are. Doing another movie that I, it's, it's a haunted house movie, but it's not what you would think of when you think of haunted house movies. We love subversion. It's yeah, and this is more like a ghost prison house movie. It's Thirteen Ghosts. Oh, I gotta watch this one. Have you not seen Thirteen Ghosts? Nope. It is my fiance's favorite movie, like favorite horror movie. It's they thought it was a kids movie growing up because they watched it so much as a kid explaining their personality very very well you know nick it, it I, explains their personality very well i am not gonna say anything his laughter says enough <laughs> so <laughs> check out 13 uh, ghosts and follow us uh, next week when we will be discussing and reviewing it and until then i've been heath and i've been jay and this has been host of horrors